Welcome back to the Fantasy Front Office Podcast for the week of May 7th, 2018. This is episode 40. This week, lots of injury news. So we're going to walk through all the new and old injuries and update you on the timetables. And now, entering your ears, your Fantasy Front Office. And this week in the front office with me is Phil. Keith and Todd are both out on the DL this week, and we will hope to have them back on the next episode. So, Phil, this week, your Cardinals have kind of had some DL issues here. And for one, I don't wish this on anyone. What happened to Yachty? Yeah, man, that was crazy. Oh, man. I can't even believe that that's a real thing. Um... What man? What like, did just, happen? Because it, everybody is very delicate in talking about it, in describing okay. the injury. I'm not so delicate in most situations. <laughs> so, uh, basically, there was a foul tip that was 102 miles an hour uh, from Jordan Hicks through the ball, and it smoked him right in the weave of wobbles. Ouch! And apparently, it tore something, and oh. he needed. To- he needed emergency surgery to get it repaired. Mm. So that's not great. Uh, he's supposed to be out for like a month or two. Not really the best diagnosis, but understandable given the circumstances and watching the injury happen. Yeah. Um, it's a little frustrating. Oh boy. But is there a silver lining in this that you get to see Carson Kelly now for an extended period of time? Um, I'm not really too pro Carson Kelly, so I don't really know. <laughs> Not really. Like, I named my dog out here. He's my favorite player, so, like, it's it's the worst-case scenario for me. Like, I have two jerseys in my closet, and one of them's a Pujols jersey from when he was actually playing here, and the other one's a Yachty jersey that I actually had him autograph. Uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty devastated that Yadier is not going to be around for a little bit. Carson Kelly, I feel like they should just trade him. That's not me joking. That's me saying that'd probably be the best thing for the team. While his stock is kind of high still. Right. I mean, he's a catching prospect who is, you know, a top 100 prospect. You could fetch something decent for him because he's he's major league ready as far as defense is concerned. But, I mean, he's not Yadier Molina. So what's the point of throwing him back in AAA when he comes back up in two months? All right. All right. And you've got some issues in the bullpen there. Uh, Dominic Leone ended up on the DL and has Bud Norris officially gone on the DL, or is he still kind of iffy? I think they just said Norris are going to give a couple of days, too. I don't think he's going to go to the DL, but Leon had a bicep weird something going on. I think it was during warm-ups, and he just came out of the game. It kind of sucked. Bad situation, but we ended up still winning the game. But yeah, I mean, the bullpen's not really the greatest asset of the Cardinals as is, and now it's getting a little bit thinner. So really hope that maybe they trade uh, Carson Kelly in a second. <laughs> go get, go <laughs> go get, get that an really arm. picture that we really need. Yeah, wow. exactly. Um, I mean, they really have some outfielders and different things they could trade away, uh, honestly. But I don't know. I, I've always been a little nervous about the bullpen, and this is making me even more nervous. Well, you're in the same company as the Dodger fans out there because Kershaw has gone to the DL with a bicep strain, and that doesn't look promising. That does explain some of his drop velocity, as well as they lost Ryu for about a month with his torn muscle there. 
the Ryu thing worries me more than Kershaw because I was worried about Kershaw coming in. I mean, Ryu always is injured, so and he was pitching so well. I got I picked him up in a couple of leagues, and and he was actually doing really well for me in leagues that were actually pretty important. And then now he's going to the DL. I'm going to be out substantial time. Kershaw, I had I have no well, I have one share of him in a dynasty league. Uh, I knew going in the year there was a good chance he was going to hit the DL at some point. I just assumed it was going to be his back. Um, turns out it's his bicep, and that sounds pretty scary because you never know what happens after that. You overcompensate, Tommy John potentially. Yeah, the bicep is really close to that also important UCL ligament there. Right. And talking about elbows, uh, the Mets had a little issue with Jacob deGrom. He went out, he hyperextended it, completed the next inning, then they pulled him, Ah, and then they were like, well, the x-ray show were good, the MRI shows were good, so we're just, he's gonna start Monday. And then all of a sudden, Sunday night they're like no 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 we're putting them on the DL we're gonna be overly cautious this sounds like it's just the Mets yeah I was thinking the same thing because I mean there's that it's it's so the Mets like there's there's no other way around it that there's no other team in baseball that their pitcher would get injured swinging a bat (laughs) and then not only just get injured swinging a bat but would go out and pitch the next inning and then come out of the game and then after that they'd be like oh he's actually good but you know we're gonna we're gonna give him some time at first the very first thing is they were gonna put him on the dl and then they said oh never mind we're not gonna put him on the dl don't worry about anything we're gonna let him start on monday yeah. And then, and then, like you said, they threw him on the DL. So it's like, okay, maybe they're not really letting on to how bad it could be, or they're just being overly cautious because of how horrible they've been in the past with these kind of things. Either way, I don't think that I want much to do with Degrom. If I had someone offering me him for a little bit of a discount, uh, I, it would probably have to be pretty substantial for me to want to uh, take him on right now. Yeah, I would almost be looking to get rid of him just due to how the Mets tend to bungle any sort of injury with their pitching staff. One issue ends up steamrolling into another and snowballing into another, and next thing you know, they're gone for a season and a half. The last major injury came out today. Uh, the DL trip is the Cubs, and they've placed you Darvish on the DL for the flu. Well, I've had the flu every time he's pitched so far. Yeah. Uh, it's not been great so far this year. I don't know. We were talking about it in the writers' chat. That is it really that he has the flu, or is are they just trying to figure out something with him and see if maybe a little rest would do him well? Um, as far as pitching is concerned, uh, but yeah, he's been a very perplexing character because he's never done this bad in his career. He's always been a well above average pitcher. And then for whatever reason, he comes to an easier league and an easier division and struggles mightily. It makes no sense. Uh, it really doesn't. There's questions out there if he's tipping his pitches in some way that that's true everyone has figured out except him at this point (laughs) well didn't the dodgers come out and say or the the astros yeah after the world series yeah they did that's that's how they knew what was coming for them but apparently they spread the news around i i don't know this darvish hasn't even he wasn't even this bad coming off of his own tommy john surgery oh he was awesome that year yeah so i i don't know 
and if you're a Darvish owner, you can't really sell him at this point. Oh, you can't give him away. No. Yeah, that's uh, that's a tough break, and I do think this flu thing is totally covered so they can uh, end up with some rehab assignments and things for him down the road. I agree. All right, well, coming up after the break, we're going to deep dive into some of these extended DL stays and whether these guys are worth picking up and stashing or eh, riding it out and seeing if they actually come back down the road. Has your fantasy baseball team ever caught the injury bug and it cost you your shot at winning your league's prizes? If so, look no further than Rotoshurance, the leader in fantasy sports insurance. Their insurance coverage can save you your league's investments with policies as low as $1.50 a season. Be sure to use the promo code FFO in all caps throughout the season to show your support for the show. Just visit rotoshurance.com. That's R-O-T-O-S-U-R-A-N-C-E.com. Simply select your sport, your league's entry fees, and choose the players you want to insure. Don't lose your money this season due to unforeseen injury and protect your team at rotoshurance.com. And as we get back here, on to the extended DL stays. These are guys mostly on the 60-day DL or those that have been on the 10-day for extended periods of time. Let's start with the starting pitcher ranks here. This is a highly touted prospect in Alex Reyes. What kind of insight do you have for us here, Phil? Um, he was <clears throat> he's about to start a rehab assignment right now. He's been thrown on backfields, um, like not against uh, batters, but just you know practice kind of thing. Getting it up to 98, so he's got his fastball back. I mean, he's probably got a couple more miles an hour that can come, but they're expecting him back. You know, the middle of this month, beginning of next month. So he's a guy that if you if he's on waivers somewhere uh, for whatever reason, pick him up now, throw him under D. Um, wait for him to come back up and I think they're talking about potentially starting him which it sounded like they were not wanting to do earlier this year in the offseason they I know they were talking about maybe using him as the Andrew Miller role get him some extra innings because of that um, but build him up a little bit and then maybe put him in the starting role later but with some injuries in the Cardinals rotation um, and then you know Luke Weaver not being as effective as what he could be uh Sounds like they're potentially going to move him into the rotation. So uh, be on the lookout for that. All right. On to the next big lefty here. Madison Bumgarner. Been down recovering from left-hand surgery after that fractured pinky. And he's been throwing and will be approaching throwing on a mound here in the near future. But they're looking at towards the end of the month a return for him. The last thing that I saw was talking about him back maybe the middle of June, early June. So maybe a little bit even later than that. He's a guy, obviously, you know, is one of the best pitchers in the game. So it's probably not on too many waivers out there. But right now might be a good time to target him. See if maybe you can get him for a little bit cheaper than what you normally would be able to get him for. Reap the benefits here in a week or two, maybe three weeks uh, when he does get called back up and pitch like an ace like he is. I think that would be the recommendation that I would make because I have no worries at all about him whatsoever at this point. Um, I know I've talked about him in the past. 
But the thing about him is, is that he's captain consistency. He's going to strike out, you know, the same amount of guys. He's going to he's going to be a horse and throw a bunch of innings. Uh, you don't have to worry about him unless he rides dirt bikes. I think that's really his uh, arch nemesis. Or he tries to barehand a comebacker. Well, he's not the smartest guy, but he's <laughs> hopefully a damn good he's pitcher. learned. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, on to the next starter, Jimmy Nelson. Any updates on him? I love Jimmy Nelson's stuff. Um, I just hope he comes back from this shoulder surgery. Uh, he's throwing a flat ground. Uh, his He's expected to come back after the All-Star break, but it's kind of unknown as far as right now uh, is concerned. But he's been thrown on flat ground, playing long toss. Hasn't been able to play long toss consistently as many days in a row as he wanted to um, before he starts throwing off a mound. So he hasn't actually got the chance to throw off a mound yet. But this is another guy that, uh, you know, if you look last year, there wasn't too many guys that had 200 strikeouts. And I don't think he quite got there, but I think he was like 190-something. Um, he's got amazing stuff. And, and it it's a guy that you definitely want to cover as far as or covet as far as uh, you know your fantasy league is concerned. And our last starter here is the Arizona Diamondbacks, Shelby Miller, recovering from Tommy John last year. Uh, he's 12 months removed from that Tommy John, and he's slated for a bullpen session tomorrow, Tuesday the 8th, and may start pitching in extended spring training as soon as May 13th, targeting some sort of mid to late June return, and he would be a welcome addition addition to that diamondback rotation yeah they've been kind of beat up too he's done several bullpens last time i checked i think it was like seven or eight at that point so i mean he's he's throwing consistently at this point i've just never really been a shelby miller fan even when he was a cardinal i don't know why i just never really liked him that much even though he had one really good year for the cardinals and then it just seems like every year after that he's been kind of struggling to find that i think it was his rookie year but i think he's been struggling to find the curveball that he had that year so i don't know uh, I, i'm not really high on him anyways but in a deeper league I, I could see the use for him just because innings are crucial and the humidor is real don't <laughs> let people don't let people fool you because pollock is doing awesome the humidor is real yeah between pollock and all the other little guys on the diamondbacks that are slugging at home they're uh it's definitely feeling real yeah what is it uh mike petriello he tweeted out something the other day that was the biggest decreases in uh run scored and i forget the other couple of things that he had grouped in there and it was like twice as much of a decrease as anywhere else. Yeah, I was looking at that, heard him talk about it a little more in detail there on his StatCast podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it has had a decrease, definitely. I was keeping track early on in the year, but after 20 home runs were stolen, I quit counting. <laughs> it really was up to 20 at that point? Uh, no, it was, it was like 10, but I, I mean, yeah. I mean, but that's crazy if you think about it. Like, I, I mean, I, I I own Goldie in a couple of leagues, okay? He's been miserable at home. Absolutely miserable. And well, he's been pretty him, miserable mentally? away well, as well. Well, I mean, it's much better than at home, though. <laughs> Slugging-wise, yes. I don't know. I don't know if he needs to seek counseling or what, but mentally, he's just not there. He's not Goldie as we know him, Um I know Keith tweeted out something over the weekend that his wife, Brooke, noticed that Goldie's been striking out a lot more, and yeah. he looked it up, and sure enough, it was 
a nominal difference from his strikeout rates in the past. And I don't know if he just needs to get back to a different swing or what. Just clear his head, go away for a weekend, something. But yeah, he's uh, he's been having a rough go this year. Yeah, and I really need him not to do that. So <laughs> if you guys could just tell him that if you see him, because you guys are like closer to him than I am, that would be great. Yeah, hopefully uh, feeding on some Dodgers pitching this week will help him out in that regard kickstart something for him all right on to the relief pitching core here we got a trio of relievers here mark melanson went down and has still been recovering from shoulder surgery do we have an update on him or any type of return date mark melanson was i when i was researching uh, a little bit more about Baumgartner's injury and you know him coming back there was um i forget who the the writer was but there was a writer that wrote an article about Bumgarner and he kind of threw a little bit about Mark Melanson in there as well uh, because you could see he he took a small video, a gif or whatever of Bumgarner throwing and Melanson's thrown in the background and so he talked to him and Melanson says he fully expects to be back May 25th when he's eligible to return from the DL. So no one else expects him to but he (laughs) says he fully expects to be back at that point. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, he's throwing just the same as, as Bumgarner is. So why why would he not be able to? He's a reliever, so he doesn't have to get as amped up. I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, look out for him if you have, uh, what is it, Hunter Strickland. Maybe it'd be time to, to dangle him out there and see if anybody's dumb enough to trade for a guy that's only got maybe five, seven more saves left in him. Yeah. Mark Melanson, at least in ESPN leagues, he's owned in only... 25% of them wow. being dropped in 6% of leagues over the last week. So maybe time to pick him up as a handcuff to Strickland and hope for the best there. Especially if you have a league that's, let's say, a 12-team league or whatever, you should have a spot at the end of your uh, bench that's two or three spots, actually, where you can burn and turn those spots over for hot players and, you know, guys that are on the DL, whatever the case may be. Um, that way, you're not really losing anything productive. Uh, a lot of times, it's just guys that are backups anyways. Grab a guy like that, put him on your DL, and then pick up the same guy if you want the next day or the next time the waivers go through uh, that you dropped if you really want that same player. So that's my recommendation. And our next reliever coming off the DL here hopefully soon as he's out on double A rehab assignment. Corey Kniebel possibly coming back this week. Uh, That uh, definitely puts a damper on all those Jeremy Jeffries and Matt Albers owners and the Josh Hader owners. My uh, great fantasy baseball invitational team is going to take a hit and saves again, but Corey Kniebel's going to be back. So anything we should be worried about there? Not really. It was a hamstring injury. So it wasn't anything that was arm or, you know, elbow or pitching related. The only thing is, is that hamstrings kind of flare up every now and then. So we might have be in the same situation later in the year if they didn't actually let it cool off for long enough. But you're absolutely right. He should be back sometime later this week, maybe the beginning of next week. Um, his last uh, outing, the last thing I saw was he, he struck out one guy in the perfect inning that he had. Nice. And Zach Britton. That Orioles closing situation is just a roller coaster as is. Uh, nobody can seem to hold it very long. Britain, let's see, he took 
fielding practice May 5th through a bullpen on the 4th and is scheduled to throw live batting practice May 15th. And coming back from Achilles tendon surgery, nothing arm related, I'd say he's probably the one to lock down that situation as soon as he is back. The only problem is is that I've watched uh, Adam Wainwright come back from the same injury. He just wasn't the same. He said he couldn't push off uh, the same way he could. So look out for that when he first comes back. That would be the first thing I would say. Um, The second thing I would say is absolutely he's going to be slotted right back into the closer role. There's no way that anybody in that role uh, or on that team is going to be able to hold it back from him. I mean, he was one of the best in the game for so long when he was healthy. And I just don't think that show Walter is going to forget that. Yeah, he really doesn't have any other go-to guy there. Third base, Jake Lamb for our Diamondbacks here has run into a few different setbacks. It's been delayed his return. Phil, what do you have for an update there? The the quotes that I pulled off were a tiny bit of inflammation, and then just after that, it was, quote, no timetable for return. These two quotes don't really go together to me, because if there's only just a tiny bit of inflammation, you would have some sort of timetable, but they've pretty much shown down completely, from my understanding, and I have no idea when they're going to let him throw again. Yeah, he had a cortisone shot on May 3rd, and was kind of on the just let it rest timetable here for three, four days. So hopefully we get another update here in the next day or two. Could really use that bat in the lineup as well. But uh, until then, AJ Pollock is just going to keep carrying the Diamondbacks on his back as long as he's healthy. Uh, Miguel Sano, this your boy. This is my boy. Miguel Sano is eligible to return, I think, tomorrow, but he's not going to return then. Um, I think the coach, Paul Molitor, I think he said that he's expected to return on the 10th. So he should be back later this week, and I don't have any problems with him. So he's going to be doing awesome. Yeah, just a slight hammy strain. On to our middle infielders here, Elvis Andrus. This is not a great situation. No, not at all. No. He broke his elbow, so that yeah. doesn't sound very fun. That was April 12th is when these headlines are from. They were estimated he to be out six to eight weeks at that point. There's not really a great update of his status to this point that I've seen. But really, I think, you know, you have to give him the the initial six weeks, uh, maybe five before he gets the brace off. And then he'll start to be able to use it and then see, you know, how bad it is at that point. And then they'll be able to get a a better understanding of whether it's going to be towards the end of that or maybe even push it out further. Next up, Daniel Murphy has yet to see the field this year. (laughs) Do we see him as seeing any playing time in the near future here phil so apparently he's been swinging and doing everything he needs to do but he's not running the way that he needs to be running and they're not really sure why so they just keep letting him recover uh from his off-season surgery thought i saw something about maybe like 60 or 70 percent and he was slow as it was so there's no way they're gonna put him out there he looked like he has cement blocks on his feet the only guy that i see running out you know like that is uh pools and and yadier sometimes yeah i i saw a quote recently that it hurt to jog and granted this is a knee surgery not the greatest thing for it to be hurting while jogging but yeah no that uh doesn't help 
you know, he's a guy that he relies on his bat, obviously. But well, I just think it was funny how they were so optimistic about him, uh, yeah, him he, making making the opening day lineup and, and only missing a couple weeks or something like right. that. Yeah, they keep you know putting up these smoke screens of oh yeah he's fine he's fine. I don't is he fine? Yeah, he just seems to be hurt and not exactly getting better. Not the greatest situation. He is traveling with the team again, but just not back up to speed. All right. Next middle infielder, Rugned Odur. Luckily, Keith's not here. So what do you have here, Phil? From what I can see, he's set to be uh, starting his rehab assignment double A. And this was as of a couple days ago. I haven't seen how he did in those games, but I feel like that it'll only take him maybe a couple of games, four or five, before he gets back the hang of it and just needs to get his timing down a little bit. As long as everything goes okay with his hamstring, I think he should be back in there probably beginning of next week. Sweet. And on to, it seems kind of odd, but Dustin. Justin Pedroia has not seen the field yet this year. Recovering also from knee surgery, was playing in spring training games as of April 29th. No real timetable I'm hearing. Uh, May 25th is possibly a date that's been floated out there. Okay, so the the Red Sox fans that listen to us, um, you can pause for a second. So what does Pedroia do for you anyways is going to be my question. He's got decent batting average, but he he doesn't really hit home runs. He doesn't really steal bases. He's not really going to score a bunch of runs. He's also not really going to drive in a bunch of runs. So he's really a one category guy. And yeah, guy that's coming off a knee injury and one category guy. I'm going to go ahead and say this is one of the guys that I would get rid of. Not not stash. I would just drop. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, been a little bit. He's been having some injury issues ever since 2014. He missed a bunch of games. 2015 missed about half the season. 2016 came back and was Dustin Pedroia, just not with the speed. But the last year and a half, just not been the same. So yeah, I'm, I would not be stashing him. Isn't it sad that if you look at the production from Mookie Betts, from Dustin Pedroia from 2014 to now, you would be astonished at the two different players, and they would not let Mookie Betts play his natural position of second base, so they moved him to center field just to get him in the lineup when Dustin Pedroia really hasn't been great anyways. But I get it. He won a couple of World Series for him. He was an MVP once, somehow. <laughs> but seriously, though, how's a guy with 17 home runs and 20 stolen bases? I know I'm just cherry-picking those two stats, but 17 home runs and 20 stolen bases how does he win the mvp 118 runs right and then yeah uh... <laughs> you know what i mean like, yeah just i just don't understand was i guess i need to look back and see who was around that year baseball was now different you're... back then okay phil you have me on a on a on a wild goose chase all right so <laughs> We're going to go down the rabbit hole and see Kevin Euclid. Okay. Kevin Euclid had 29 home runs, 115 RBIs, and 91 runs scored, and a 300 batting average and a 569 slug. And he got third. Yeah, well, I, I guess he won it with his glove. Yeah, there really wasn't that many people that I guess deserved it that year. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> whatever. Baseball was a much different game back then. It was a much simpler time in my life. It was. <laughs> All right. Miguel Cabrera, as we announced during our show last week, he was day-to-day and is now 
found his way to the disabled list for a hamstring sprain. So this could definitely be a lingering issue. Yeah, I think this is going to be a revolving door um, that we're going to talk about Miguel Cabrera because he's going to get injured and have a little, you know, nagging injury like this. And then he's going to come back and then he's going to dominate. And then I'm going to say, I told you so to Keith. And then he's going to get injured and then we're going to talk about him again. And then we're just going to keep doing it. And I, and I'm okay with it as long as, you know, I'm here to tell Keith I told you so whenever he's actually doing good. As long as he's in the lineup and performing, that's all that matters. It's uh, true. Um, Will Myers has found his way back to the DL again. I guess they rushed him back. Good old oblique strain. This one, he's been having troubles coming back from. Oh, boy. But it has allowed the Franchi train to continue rolling along. Um, and as we said last week, the strikeout profile of Franchi does not bode well for his future. Um, Actually, I don't, I think Will Myers, when he comes back, he's not going to take the spot from, from Cordero, from my understanding. I think he was supposed to take uh, Jose Perella is going to move to second base. And then ah. whoever the second baseman is is, is going to dump their job. So that's from my understanding what I saw recently um, about Cordero and, and that whole situation. Because, I mean, he's hit very, very well. Um, not to get on the tangents that I like to get on, but he's hit very well so far this year uh, whenever he's been up. So I don't think that there'd be any reason to, to send him down or put him on the bench. Will Myers apparently told the Athletic last Sunday that he expects to be sidelined for 14 days. Wow. And so maybe about what he's going to be sidelined for. It probably wasn't that bad, but the problem is, so I strained my quad once, okay? Now, this is going to be me personally, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not a professional athlete, right? But I was playing softball, and I strained my quad. I might have done worse to it than that than this strain, but moral of the story is, is there was a huge bruise on the front of it. Didn't look great, right? Months later, like three months later, I, I, I bend down to pick something up and I stand up and it, it does the same thing. Months after that, like I keep resting it and it, it's completely fine. And then months after that, I did it again. And so like the oblique is a, is a muscle that's consistently something that has these nagging problems. So I agree that it, there's, it, it might be the same problem that I was literally just talking about with Miguel Cabrera, but not because he's old and he's going to have these lingering injuries. It's because of the oblique injury specifically is a lingering injury. I remember Johnny Cueto earlier in his career had what, like almost two years that he had the same oblique injury that he just kept flaring up on him. And he was a, a really elite pitcher when he was in there, but the oblique injury just kept kept making him sit down uh, 20 games a year, 15 games a year. Yeah, so there's been quite a few different places that have looked at it. Some chiropractors as well. Just because of the obliques being such a, an integral part to the core of a player, and everybody's gotten bigger, everybody's gotten stronger, and they're moving at a faster rate, these oblique injuries should be holding these guys down longer in recovery time, or they should be taking longer to recover, but they're not. And they're rushing back, and it's just re-aggravating the same injury, making it worse, and it's becoming one of the most common injuries just due to everybody being bigger, faster, stronger, and those fast twitch movements that they have to do, they just pull and stretch and strain 
all of it. Well, and it, and it has to do with every single part of, of baseball. Like when you swing, when you throw, when you field, when you do anything, every motion you do is, is messing with your oblique. So you really can't do anything and try telling a professional athlete who's a grown ass man that <laughs> Right. That, that he can't do what he loves to do and what he gets paid money to do. So he wants to get better at it. There's no way that you're going to be able to do that and, and get somebody who's going to be like, OK, yeah, I can. I'll listen to you. Now, I understand when pitchers are being told don't pick up a ball for X amount of months after Tommy John surgery. That's that's something different. That That's a large deal in their mind. I think that players need to understand, like you said, that it just needs to be addressed differently and thought of differently, because I agree. I mean, it's something where they don't think about it. They think, oh, it's just a little muscle injury. Well, like I said, Cueto had like two straight years where he had on and off, on and off, on and off, on and off at the beginning of his career. And and I was happy because I hated Cueto at the time because he started the fight with Yadier Molina and right, started right. kicking what's-his-face. Um, God, what's that guy's name? Jason, Jason LaRue gave him concussions and, and the guy had to retire because right. of it. Kicked him in the head. What the hell? But anyways, moral of the story, oblique injury is bad. Yeah, so just – Breaking down what an oblique does, when you rotate, whether with your upper or lower body, mostly with your lower body, half your rotation comes from your hips and the other half comes from your core. And if one of them, let's say the amount of energy put out by your legs is more than what your core can handle, your core gives out. And that's generally what happens with this. That really doesn't bode well, and that's why it's a reoccurring injury. So if you have a Will Myers or somebody with an oblique injury, be aware this may be something you need to handcuff a a bench bat to because you never know when it's going to come up again, and you never know how long it's going to be out. Rotoware.com. Rotoware. Big shout out to the Rotoware uh, company. It's so goddamn comfortable. Can't recommend them enough, man. Yeah. High quality t shirts. Shout out to Rotoware.com. You see me rocking the shirts on the videos and stuff like that. Where'd you get that? Rotoware. That is courtesy of Rotoware. It's just it's just the highest quality of shirts. Yeah, I really like the baseball designs you got here. The shirt is beautiful. Everybody who I've talked to who has the shirt basically says they can't believe how good the quality is. Yeah, kid, I've seen you've been getting a lot of love. You said you've been only running for a little over a month. I- Yes, guys are tweeting out shirts. I'm seeing fantasy personalities everywhere digging this guy's shirt. I love the Run DFS shirt. It comes with baseball cards with all the different shirts on it. Rotoware on Twitter. Check out rotoware.com. Oh my God, is this, is this shirt making love to me right now? Like, what's going on? I love this shirt. Alrighty. Let's round this out with a little rapid fire, something unscripted here. I've got the hottest and coldest hitters for the last week here, Phil. And you're going to tell me if you buy or sell these hitters. Eric Hosmer. Buy. You're buying, batting 407, three homers, eight RBI. He's one of the better hitters in the major leagues. It never gets credit for it. Um, I think that he's just overall a really good baseball player. That, like I said, never gets credit. So I would buy that for sure. Francisco Lindor. Oh, yeah, for sure. Buy. Yeah. I don't don't know where his bat came from when he came up. It was a defensive profile, but it's just he's done nothing but hit since he came to Major League. So buy. Uh, The ever godly Mike Trout. This this is an obvious one. I'm going to have to sell him. I think that he's overrated. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> just, just kidding. Obviously, Mike Trout's God, so I, I bow down. Yeah, three thirty-six on the year, twelve homers, six stolen bases. That sounds good. I don't know. Yeah. Now we're into the interesting chunk here. Eddie Rosario, four home runs, four thirty-three batting average in the last seven days, twelve RBI, two stolen bases. He was a guy I was targeting a lot of leagues. Um, got him in a couple of them. He's a really interesting guy who gets you some power and stolen bases from pretty late in the draft. Uh, He's a guy that was not even thought of in a lot of drafts. So I got him really late and for really cheap in a couple of dynasty leagues. I would buy. Yeah, I believe. He, he did go off for 30 home runs last year. And yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why people weren't buying into him. <laughs> yeah, that Twins ballpark isn't the most homer friendly, but been doing all right. Proven it so far this year as well. Uh, was a little slow starting, but this last week has just been on fire. Four straight games, I think, with home runs. Uh, next up, Mitch Moreland. Mitch Moreland needs to get more at bats. Uh, that's his only problem. Yeah. If, he could, if he could find consistent playing time, I was looking at his game log and it's like, okay, you had two for four, two for four, no game, no game, no game, two for four, two for four it's like where did those those other three games go but i i don't really understand what's going on up there um i guess hanley's you know doing hanley like things and they just don't have a spot for him which is very unfortunate uh right unless they're gonna put jd in the outfield which hurts them uh there's not much they can do there batting 347 on the year five homers 17 rbi even a stolen base thrown in this next (laughs) guy this next guy also has a playing time issue but is batting 360 on the week five home runs eight rbi and that is is Matt Adams. He did the same thing last year for a nice stretch when uh, Freddie Freeman got hurt and the Cardinals traded him to uh, the Braves. Atlanta, yeah. I believe in Matt Adams. I do not believe in Matt Adams' skills in the outfield, even though I guess he robbed a home run the other day, which (laughs) is the craziest thing to even think of i I saw some plays where i didn't think that he would come within 30 feet of the ball so him robbing a home run to me is just i don't understand but if he's in the lineup and and you you nailed it on the head you know he's got the playing time issue but there's a lot of injury concerns with that entire team like there's everyone across the board and their their first baseman zimmerman zimmerman has done almost nothing this year so if adams can keep hitting like this i don't see why he can't supplant him at the first base role um our next guy here we've mentioned a couple times on the show already today aj pollock the nl player of the week 423 average four home runs eight rbi two stolen bases up to 10 home runs on the year eight stolen bases uh this is healthy aj pollock this is single-handedly the reason that i'm not in last place in the great <laughs> fantasy baseball invitational all of my other players are doing their damnedest to sabotage my team and he's like nah man i'm a fight for you coach um so i appreciate it i appreciate the effort he's putting in so far this year it doesn't go unnoticed no no it doesn't uh definitely the same thing here in the desert uh yesterday against justin verlander ended up hitting let's see how did they credit it he hit a triple and he scored on the play due to interference at third base by Alex Bregman. Which was a weird play, but I agree that it was interference because there's no way that he doesn't score there. Right. Without that, because it was such a close play anyways, and he held him there for half a second, but it was a really weird play. Yeah, that uh, that play ended up tying and taking the lead against Justin Verlander, which they held off 
and defeated the Astros, uh, taking four of seven games against the World Series contenders from last year. Mm-hmm. All right, on to our cold hitters. Are we believing this, or is this just a cold stretch? Scott Kingery, the coldest of the cold. Hmm. I have a claim in to drop him in a 12-team league tomorrow. Wow. I did not think that I would be doing that, but in a 12-team league, there are much better options that are producing much better on the waiver wire, and I just can't wait for the upside. Nobody uh, nobody interested in buying low, even. No, the league that I'm in, there's a bunch of Neanderthals, and they really... Um, <laughs> They really don't understand that prospects have value. When I traded Acuna the day that he got called up, um, I think we talked about the trade at one point, but I traded him the day he got called up in that league, and only one guy was like hip to you know Acuna even being valuable, and the rest of the league was like, how's a guy that hasn't even had a bad get value in return? <laughs> and, I, and I was like, you guys don't know anything. And then you know after the first week, he's batting 400 with two home runs, and I'm like, yeah, maybe you understand a little more now. I don't know. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we all have those leagues. Uh, Matt Chapman, kind of fallen off the face of the earth, batting 040 uh, this past week. He was on fire the first three weeks of the year. I think he hit nearly all of his six home runs during that stretch and can't seem to buy a hit at this point. What I would do with him, if you have him, is put the little button that says watch next to his name. You drop him and you do exactly that. You watch him because he's a very streaky hitter. And if he starts hitting, pick him up, put him in your lineup. You'll get several home runs. And then when he starts to have that over streak again, drop him and do the same thing. That's the kind of thing that I'm talking about in a 12 team league that you have to do. And that's I have to drop Kingery also. You just can't hold on to guys like that in a league that's, you know, what I would call mostly a, a standard league. Yeah. And the rest of this cold list is garbage. They'll be on your 12 team, shoot even 15 team waivers still between Cole Calhoun, Jackie Bradley Jr., Kyle Farmer. <laughs> I believe we discussed him as a third catcher at one point, and apparently the Dodgers play him at third base. Ahmed Rosario, Chris Owings, and even Ian Happ. Ian Happ, uh, I think he's two home runs today. So I think he will be decent. Other than that, yeah, that entire list, I, I don't I don't think that anybody I want. Uh, yeah, apparently he did go off for two home runs today, two for five, two runs. Those were the only runs he scored. Uh, two more strikeouts and five RBI on the day. Uh, his overall numbers a boost but definitely mask his lack of production otherwise all right well that'll wrap up today's show a little brief one so phil where can the people find you my name's phil and i am at the baseball jedi i have been jeremy you can find me at front office jer be sure to follow keith over at fantasy underscore keith Todd at Goldie Happens. And of course, visit us at our home on the web, fanfrontofficepodcast.com. And until next week, good luck in all your waiver claims. Go Cardinals.